Open Camino. Welcome back to my Camino audio journal and really my last uh, Camino episode. Um, before I sort of give some of my bigger thoughts, I, th- I talked about a couple of days ago. Um, I walked to Mushia. Um, it was really nice. It was a nice walk, my last day of walking. So uh, Elizabeth and I got up, went and had some breakfast, and I left a little bit later than normal. So I didn't leave Mushia till about 9 a.m. Uh, it was pretty kind of cold, uh, not quite raining, but definitely kind of spitting precipitation uh, most of the morning and climbed up out of Finisterre and had this walk kind of near along the coast north up to Mushia. Uh, also, I said something in the last episode about like one of them being the westernmost point... I got some bad information from a website. Imagine that, bad information off the internet. But um, that I had that wrong, so you can ignore that part of my earlier episode. But about, uh, oh, 12 or 13 kilometers in, I was walking through a forest, and there was a small sign that said, Tumushia along the coast, and it pointed up this kind of overgrown path in the forest and it being my last day I thought you know what why not so I took it and at first wondered if uh, I had made some sort of mistake because <laughs> I had took me on this this path through the forest that was um, not very well maintained and didn't really know where it was taking me or where I was going but after a couple of kilometers it came out uh, on the uh, ocean side and uh, above these, these big cliffs, and it was just stunningly gorgeous. Um, it was really, really beautiful right on the ocean uh, out of the forest. And, yeah, was really glad that I made the decision to take the detour. Um, you know, something about the road less traveled, right? <laughs> But, um, yeah, so that added about three or four kilometers, I think, to the day, which was uh, going to be a 30K day, so it ended up being a bit longer. And the rest of the walk after that was pretty um, pretty uneventful. In fact, I only uh, stopped once the whole day. I stopped for some lunch at a little cafe and uh, just carried on. Uh, there was one final kind of um, mountain or push up right before Mushia that I had to climb over. Uh, again, really beautiful was through this big pine and eucalyptus forests, and um, there were these huge wind turbines up at the top uh, when you got up there. And yeah, yeah, it was really, really beautiful. And then came down from that mountain and into Mushia and... It started, you know, really dawning on me that it was the last few kilometers of the Camino. So um got pretty sad as I walked into Mushia. Um, Mushia is basically uh, out on a peninsula. And very, very small little, like, fishing village. And in the last, the last kilometer or so, I just uh, felt very grateful. Um... And also sad to be saying goodbye to the experience. 
and I walked down to the end point uh, on the peninsula. Saw the the second zero point zero 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 marker, and then walked down to the lighthouse, which is at the very end, and uh, just sat for a while, sat and and thought about the whole experience, and um, cried a bit, and um, yeah just sort of contemplated what the whole thing was and so i've been uh, it, it's there's kind of a tradition though they've they're trying to stop it of people uh burning things when they get to Finisterre Mushia burning their clothes actually like their hiking clothes um it's sort of a <laughs> we've been wearing them for like 35 days so they're kind of gross but um but they're they're trying to stop people from doing that because I guess it's just getting to be kind of a uh, you know junkyard in these places, so they don't don't allow that anymore. But I thought I wanted to leave something there, so uh, I've been carrying since day one the um, scallop shell tied to my backpack that I received at the pilgrim's office in Saint Jean. And so I took it off my backpack, and I left it there on the rocks, and I said said goodbye to the Camino. And, yeah, it was a nice moment, and then I took a deep breath and was ready, ready to continue. So I uh, discovered <laughs> afterwards that my... Berge I was staying at was actually like two, two and a half kilometers before Mushia, so I had to walk back out. Um, so I ended up making the day like a 35 kilometer day. I had to walk back out of the city or the town, village even. Um, yeah. Uh, and it was, it wasn't a great place. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't, wasn't anything special. Uh, had a really unusual meal. Was <laughs> anyways, um, but also learned that there are only two buses each day that leave from Ushia back to Santiago. Um, so I was planning to take the next day, which at this point was yesterday, and they were at two thirty in the afternoon or six forty-five in the morning. And I had some things I needed to get done in Santiago, so. I had to get up the next morning at about five and get ready and walk into town, back into town, this two and a half kilometers in the dark and get to the bus stop <laughs> by 6.45 or earlier because they're, um, it's pretty popular um, since there are only two buses. There's quite a lot of pilgrims trying to get on that bus, so I got there early and rode back to Santiago where I spent the day yesterday. Just mostly running errands, so I uh, got my Compostela certificate, which I, I had waited to do until now because I just didn't want to carry it around with me, and then mailed a bunch of stuff back to the U.S., a lot of my um, more hiking-specific stuff, um, so that I don't have to carry it the next couple of weeks uh, on my my traveling, and yeah, and then just spent the day in the town, relaxing, and stayed the night uh, in a hotel last night. And today, I, uh, I'm i going to head to the airport and actually fly to Barcelona. 
So the next few days, I'm going to be traveling along the Mediterranean coast from Barcelona down to Rome. So maybe in a few days, I'll give a, an update on how that has all gone. But today, I'm um, in a, eh, an hour or two, I'm going to uh, take a taxi to the airport and fly to Barcelona. So that's step one of my next couple of weeks crazy adventure. I'm actually going to be in, if you include the U.S., nine countries and four continents over the next <laughs> next couple of weeks. So I still have lots of uh, exciting travel ahead. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, every once in a while, maybe get back on here and give an update, give a, a uh, just a, here's what's going on, here's where I am sort of thing. Maybe not as many sort of life lessons like I, <laughs> like I've uh, been sharing on the Camino. So, so that's the, that's the plan. That's where I'm headed next and looking for, and uh, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more, but I just want to say like, I'm, I'm, I was sad to say about the Camino, but I'm ready to continue on like, and, and move on. I'm not, um, not going to stay in that place. I'm going to keep, keep moving forward. So yeah, so that's, that's where I'm headed. So what did I learn from walking 900 kilometers across Spain? Um, I think there's probably a lot, but the two, the two big things that stick out to me, one is just the sort of renewed sense of confidence and self-worth that I've received from this. And I think, I think part of that is traveling by myself. If you, if you haven't traveled somewhere for, for leisure by yourself, I highly encourage you to do so, especially somewhere that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Um, it's just extremely empowering. And um, yeah, I really felt, um, feel like a different person because of it and feel stronger and um, quite a bit more confident in who I am and what my abilities are and who I want to be moving forward. So um, just this sort of renewed sense of self-confidence is one of the big things that I feel um, having completed this journey. The, um, the other is um, just how much, I, how much I need people in my life. Um, I when I think about what my favorite moments and favorite parts of the Camino were, most of them were experiences with people, and they weren't. Excuse me. They weren't even necessarily profound experiences. They were just things with people, um, like uh, a dinner we had one night outside that uh, Senor Ramon. This you know. Um, Spanish woman cooked for us, um, hanging out with the, the quote unquote kids in Leon, um, late at night. Um, uh, just, 
uh, the Norwegian guy I met, you know, and me and and him and the and the Spanish man. We we spent the night out on the town and eating pizza and um, just things like that. The the afternoons I spent with Ray, um, chatting in in way too many plazas <laughs> all across Spain. The the things that are many, most of the things that I really treasured, the experiences, the memories that I've treasured from this have been what I spent with people. And, uh, you know, I talked before, you know, I'm, I consider myself an introverted person, and so... I like to think that I don't need people and that I need to not be around people. But I think I'm I'm finding that that's not true. And I um like am understanding how valuable and important that is uh, to have people that you can um just enjoy being around and spend time with. Um that's it's something I think I've taken for granted, and I've I've let many of my um, friendships kind of fade because I have thought of myself as someone who doesn't really need many people in in their life, uh, and also that it's it's not hard to to find people to spend time with, and I know the the Camino is a little bit of a unique situation because we're kind of thrust together and we have this sort of common goal already. So we have this, this, um, you know, shared interest that we can, you know, begin a relationship pretty easily from. But I don't think if there's something I'm going to take back is that, um, it's not actually any different in the quote unquote real world that you can still just as easily, make friends or introduce yourself to someone or ask a question that starts a conversation and you don't have to be skeptical of of others so those are kind of the i think the two biggest lessons that i've taken away from this um at least sort of personal internal lessons and yeah i'm really i'm looking forward to to carrying that and seeing how those things uh, impact my 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 quote unquote real life um, back when I'm home. Uh, I have I had one other thought that I want to share, um, but first I wanted to share, um, and I, I hope it's okay. I'm sharing this, but my uh, my my uncle Tim has been following, and he he left me a message one day, um, and Tim, I want you to know that I've I've listened to this a lot of times <laughs> over the past couple of weeks. So I thought I would share it with you and then give um, my final sort of Camino thoughts. When Camino Curtis, this is Uncle Tim. I just wanted to send you a blessing today. This comes from John O'Donohue, Irish poet and mystic. Blessed be the gifts you never notice, your health, eyes to behold the world, thoughts to countenance the unknown, 
memory to harvest vanished days, your heart to feel the world's waves, your breath to breathe the nourishment of distance made intimate by earth. Vaya con Dios. So finally, I wanted to talk about the two words that I use to start and end the podcast each day, Buen Camino. Uh, so literally translated, it's good way or, or good walk. Um, and it's what the pilgrims say to each other when we see each other. And it's um, traditional to, to greet people with Buen Camino when you're walking the way. And I noticed that there were a few different iterations of Buen Camino along the journey. The first one was when you first start walking the first day and you start saying Buen Camino to people and it's new and exciting and you're full of sort of hope and, uh, and a little bit of trepidation, but uh, it's kind of fun to say this thing to other pilgrims and you say it a lot to everybody as sort of like, oh, I've, I've heard about this and I've read about this and here I am now saying it to people and uh, so there's a lot of, lot of joy in your Buen Camino. Um, second, it kind of loses some of that uh, and becomes a little more of just a standard sort of hello or greeting. And particularly what ends up happening is during the day you, you leapfrog people, right? Because you're walking different different paces or you're stopping in different places and so you'll pass somebody and then they'll pass you and then you'll pass them and they'll pass you and so the first time you pass them you say buen camino and smile and the second time you maybe just say hola and smile and then the third time you maybe just look at each other and smile by the fourth fifth or sixth time you just kind of get on with it and maybe don't acknowledge them um, so it kind of loses the Buen Camino, loses some of its luster as, as you go on. The, uh, the third one was, uh, there's a lot of, uh, cyclists, so you can cycle the, the Camino instead of walk it. Uh, and the cyclists almost always without fail say Buen Camino as they go past you. And, uh, we joked, uh, a bunch of us that it's really just the, uh, the ways version of on your left, uh, if you've ever had a cyclist uh, yell on your left as you as they pass by you on a path, it's a little bit of just saying, hey, I'm here, I'm passing you. Uh, thanks for not getting in my way. Uh, so there's that version of Buen Camino. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then my, my favorite one probably was the times when we would um, leave a town early in the morning and often, particularly in some of the bigger cities and towns, often when we leave in the morning, we had to walk through like a city park, uh, just sort of how it happened to be. That, that that happened quite a few times. And usually there were a number of elderly Spanish people out for their morning walk out in the park. And um, many of them would smile at you and say, Buen Camino. And to me, that one felt the most real and most like a, a blessing because um, they weren't pilgrims. They were, uh, they didn't know me, um, but they were, you know, they were older, so they understood probably a little more about the Camino and maybe many of them had done it themselves at some point. And um, yeah, when they would smile and say Buen Camino, 
to a stranger who was just happened to be walking through their town. Um, it felt very real, and it felt very uplifting um, that they would that they would wish me well. Yeah, and then the the final version of Buen Camino is the one you say when uh, you're saying goodbye to your Camino family or friends who uh, you got to know very very well in a very short amount of time, but. Um, you, uh, as I explained on the on the podcast, I, I many times had to say goodbye to those people that I was walking with because we had different schedules or different plans. And so you look look that person in the eye and you say "Buen Camino," and it's um, it's a hope. Uh, it's a hope for them that their way, both on the walk and in their future life, is is blessed and good. Um, it's it's a thank you. It's a gratitude for um, them sharing their story and their part of their journey with you. Um, and it's a goodbye uh, to um, say farewell. And so um, I, I hope uh, you have all enjoyed this uh, this podcast. Thanks for listening. I know it's not. It wasn't like the. Um, highest quality <laughs> audio experience, um, but I've heard from a lot of people how much it's meant to them, and that means the world to me. So thank you. Uh, I hope uh, you also adventure out one day, and um, and to all my family, friends, and others who are listening. Buen camino.